Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I am Tony Serino alongside Christopher Carter, and this is your daily dose of all things Steelers. Today on the show, it is part one of our post-training camp mailbag podcast. We got a ton of questions from you guys. Thank you to everyone who wrote in. So today it's going to be part one. We're going to get into a lot of different things, but we're going to have a lot to say about Keith Butler. Prepare for a for another heated debate between me and Chris about Keith Butler. Welcome to the show. You can find more of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the new Himalaya app, wherever you find podcasts, search Locked On Steelers, hit that subscribe button. Make sure to get your daily dose. You can follow us on Twitter at LO Steelers. You can find us on Facebook, search Locked On Steelers, hit like on the Facebook page, but make sure you also join the Facebook group. You can also find us on Instagram at Locked On Steelers. All right, Chris, how you doing today? Doing great, Tony. How are you? I'm doing great. This is a great day. You know, I woke up this morning. I got a tweet from John, who uh, I think I've, Chris, I think I've made some Steeler fans angry over these past couple days and weeks and maybe months. How long has it been since I said that Matt Ryan had a better year than Ben Roethlisberger? Because uh, Steeler fans have not taken well to that, especially John. John wrote in this morning. He said, "Quote: I'm I'm about to destroy you with facts and logic about Ryan when I get off work, Tony. Be scared and monitor the Facebook page." And Chris, he delivered. It was about an hour ago he posted a very long. I, I highly encourage any of you who are not in the Facebook group, go over there and join it just to read this. John did a great job. Um, he has a very long post here. I responded to him a little bit. Chris and I, been, or, uh, John and I have been going back back and forth a little bit, but uh, it was uh, it was quite the post, wasn't it, Chris? I read it, and I was like, well, I got to say, my man, I appreciate your passion and Again, Tony is wrong, but I do got to say, sir, you got to space out your paragraphs. After reading about six lines, I was like, whoa, my, my eyes hurt. I can't see what you're talking about. And it was just, it was painful. But at, at the end of the day, he knows what I know and what you know deep down, Tony, that Ben Roethlisberger is on a much different level, a much higher level than Matt Ryan. And if you want to stick to one year of stats, that is fine. There are plenty of years where one year of stats, a, a certain player could be ranked above an all-time legend. And let's just get this straight. Matt Ryan, statistically, that's fine. He's a better fantasy quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger. But he's in a, he's in an offensive system that was much year, year much more to his, his being a safer quarterback and being able to make easier throws. No, no. Stop, he no. didn't have... He, did, he didn't have no. to adjust his entire offense to have to throw an insane amount to, to because they lost their superstar running back and they were trying to figure out how to work around that. So I'm just, I'm just going to continue. And again, Ben Roethlisberger has come into several games and made huge impacts on them and take and carried his team to the playoffs and showed up in the big moments. Whenever the pressure's I on Matt. I wish he would have done that in 2018. Yeah, that, that 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 was you know that was unfortunate. He didn't do that. He didn't do that a couple times in 2018. But I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you when is Matt Ryan put the team on his back and said I'm gonna get it done and get all the job done for his team? No, I would argue neither guy really did that in 2018. I, I, I'm I'm saying whenever. When, well, I'm go, not go arguing. Through. I'm not arguing over a career. And I think career. that's what it, so his career. No, no, no. Because that that's what you 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 said he was a better quarterback. You didn't say. He's a better quarterback last year. Yeah, no, I'm saying like right now, if I had to pick a quarterback, I would say I would say I'd take Matt Ryan right now. Yes, yes, so. because Ben throws too many interceptions, uh, and you know I just I well, can't get over that. 
And then the, this idea, and John put this in there too, and, and I've, I've actually, you know, uh, this may come as a surprise to me, but a lot of Steeler fans reached out to me after I said Matt Ryan was a better quarterback. And I, But one of the things that I keep hearing is that Matt Ryan is, you know, he plays too safe. He's in a safer offense. He doesn't take as many risks as Ben. He, he doesn't throw the ball downfield. He's not as good a deep ball thrower. And I mean, those things, you know, look, he, Matt Ryan has a higher completion percentage, but not only that, he has a higher uh, completed yards, higher attempt, uh, uh, yards per attempt, higher intended air yards, completed air yards, right? I mean, he's trying to push the ball down the field even more so than Ben Roethlisberger. And in doing that, still managed to only throw half the number of interceptions, which I wish, I wish Ben Roethlisberger could do this year. But... Anyway, I highly encourage all of you to read John's post because uh, I thought he did a great job with it. I, I agree, though. He could have. I, I did. I did. I'll be honest. When I read it, I, I I copy and pasted it into a notepad and then kind of broke it up <laughs> into paragraphs so I could more easily get through it. But um, all right, that was a but that was a a good job by John. All right, let's start today with some news and notes. Uh, Dale Lolly, your colleague at DK Pittsburgh Sports, uh, reported on. Tuesday that uh, Marquise Pouncey and David DeCastro both have returned to practice. We talked about this yesterday, Chris. Uh, that seems like both guys will be good to go on Sunday against the Titans. So that is encouraging news. Uh, and then Ed Bouchette in The Athletic writing that the Steelers do not plan on re-signing Sean Davis, Bud Dupree, and Javon Hargrave. And the real surprise here, Chris, is Javon Hargrave because you and I have talked about him being that priority free agent alongside Joe Hayden as the two guys as we get through training camp and get closer to week one when when the deadline here is the Steelers don't do any of these deals after week one um, those were the two guys now he does say that they're still working out the deal with Hayden and that's progressing although uh, he brings up the point that the Steelers may want to move Hayden to safety later in his career and that may be a, a blocker here as, as they try to work out an extension because Hayden seems a little hesitant to move to safety let's start with the, with the Javon Hargrave thing though is it smart for this team to let Javon Hargrave test free agency next year? No, because they're going to lose him. Because people are seeing that guy's talent. He's going to make a lot of plays. Uh, I think he's going to have a really solid year this year. Um, they, they need to find a way to lock him down. If they if they don't lock him down, I think they're in a, they're 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 exposing their D line of the future to more problems. Um, they need, I think the, a big part of this defense is the fact that they can rely on their defensive line so consistently. Um, you know, Hayward and Tuitt are a great one-two punch, but Hargrave adds to the mix and allows them to rotate those guys in and out, have fresh legs. Um, they, they need to find a way to keep Hargrave. I understand Davis and I understand Dupree, but Hargrave is a guy, he's shown you what he is and he's a defensive tackle. I can see... I could see them being able to get him down for a year. But this was this again was why I was so worried about the Ben Roethlisberger deal. And, you know, him taking the amount of money that he did really closed up some holes that they could have filled with other players on the roster. So, um, you know, looking at that, even with the money they're getting back with Antonio Brown being off the roster, um, and you know, they gotta sign Hayden. And I just think it's unfortunate for Hargrave, but Hayden is still such an important player for this team. That he's that that Hargrave's gonna have. To, if Hargrave can't fit under that cap, then they're just gonna have to work without him. But um, yeah, it's a huge. I think that would be a huge loss for the Steelers because because he has become such a reliable guy on the inside. He creates pressure. He gets off the ball. He stops the run, and he's he's really smart. He recognizes the screen passes. Um, they. I really think that they need to. I, you know, I understand this is a report from Ed, and Ed, you know, knows the beat better than anybody, but. Um, you know that they they need to do 
They need to do something to uh, to to try to shake things up, say, find the money, and bring and make sure he's in, he's he's back in it for the, at least the next three or four years. Yeah, no. Listen, I I think Hargrave. I mean, look, Hargrave is probably not a, a more pressing re-signing than than Hayden. I think Hayden's the the most integral part of that secondary. But it is interesting that they're that this you know this kind of consideration of moving him to safety. You know, Hayden's only thirty years old, and and I don't know how long this extension would be. I would imagine that this extension would be a max of like three years, right? This year and two, you know, two more added on. In that time, Chris, I mean, you know, Hayden will be 32 then. It feels like Hayden's got a couple more years of corner left in him before you would have to consider moving him to safety, right? Yeah, I think he's at least got two more years of, of cornerback in him, and, and I don't see why he wouldn't be able to do it three years down the line, um, you know, if, if, he's, if he's still healthy. Um, I understand the reluctance to put him out there because you're worried about his speed going down, but Joe Hayden's never been a fast guy. I mean, if you look at me, he's always he, – he had a low – he had, he had a, not, a not great 40 time coming out of college. He's never been the speedster. He's always been the technical guy that runs with you, and he has the, he has the longer arms, the bigger body to challenge the bigger receivers as well as making plays on the ball. Um, I just think it's a mistake to – I don't think you need to put him at safety. I think it, you know, unless he shows that he's struggling down the line, that's a different story. Right. But, um, but un- until then – I'd plan to have him at cornerback, and um, I mean, and I, and I think their safety situation is all right right now. I think that you know, if they got to draft somebody else this year in the upper rounds, they got to draft somebody else this year in the upper rounds. But um, but right now, I, I'm not I'm not too pressed with uh, with Joe Hayden at the cornerback position. You know, if they have to keep him for another three years. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, look, I I guess I understand where they're coming from with the or where Ed's coming from with this whole move to safety thing. Because, like you said, you know, Joe Hayden's never been a speed guy, but because of that, if his speed does, you know, kind of go away with age here, right? He already wasn't a, a fast guy. Getting any slower, right? You know, we talk about a guy going from a four five type corner to a four six guy. I mean, that's that's a big deal. And maybe you do have to move him to safety at that point, but. I don't think that's going to happen after this year. And and it really it's it's after this year that that need at safety comes in. If you were going to move Hayden to safety, it would have to be in 2020 because Sean Davis is going to walk and the Steelers don't have a young safety behind him that kind of seems like the heir apparent right now. So, like you said, they're going to have to use a high draft pick to get a safety or I guess the alternative here is you move Joe Hayden to safety, but then you have to take a high high corner because well, well, I think you and I both like Cam Sutton, and by the way, Jeremy Fowler gave Cam Sutton Player of Camp. He's the the second guy to do so. Mark Caboli of the Athletic also did. I really like Cam Sutton. You really like Cam Sutton, Chris. But I think we both know he's probably better in the slot than he is outside. And Justin Lane is not ready to take over for a starter. So regardless of how they shift around Hayden, you know, you're either going to take a high safety, or you're going to take a high corner in 2020. And I don't, I don't know that um, Joe Hayden's best spot in 2020 would be at safety. So um, that's. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Hey, before we continue, I want to let you guys know about our sponsor today, DoorDash. And I'm excited that DoorDash is sponsoring Locked On Steelers because I am a user of DoorDash. I used DoorDash last week when I was in Pittsburgh. I stayed at an Airbnb in Greensburg, and DoorDash delivers Permani Brothers. So I got a Permani Brothers sandwich delivered right in. I, I was able to stay in, edit the podcast, and get a Permani Brothers sandwich. 
here in Orlando. I always have DoorDash deliver Chipotle. They have a Chipotle right here, and they will deliver that. I mean, again, if I want to stay in for the night but have Chipotle, I have that with DoorDash. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are already over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities. So you might find a new favorite too. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states in Canada, order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. Right now, we got a special deal for listeners of Locked On Steelers. You can get $5 off your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter the promo code Locked On. Don't forget, that's promo code Locked On for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. Now, speaking of, of safety and, and the, the secondary overall, you, Chris, you talked about this on our, our defense recap podcast about the idea that the Steelers were using that three-safety nickel look when they brought Cam Kelly in. Um, I think it was Ray Fittipaldo of the Post-Gazette who talked to Mike Hilton, and Mike Hilton said about that about that look in particular, it's something we kind of kept to ourselves in camp, but I think it's something we're going to use throughout the season and I think it will work well for us. This, you know, the Steelers have have toyed with three safety looks a lot in the past. Right, go all the way back to when Robert Golden was on this team. They tried to find ways to use him as a third safety. Uh, last year, of course, it was Morgan Burnett in that dime defense. Now, Chris, it, it seems like the Steelers maybe want to move to a more to a three safety nickel look. Hilton's either off the field or you know they've they've toyed with moving Hilton around at safety as well. No, yeah, I think that they're going to be trying to find different ways to use their defensive back strengths to be, um, you know, to, to, to fill to fill his role as a safeties. They're, they're trying to find different ways to get good athletes on the field, and that doesn't necessarily mean having all cornerbacks, you know, and Mike Hilton is, is playing more at safety. I think that, that, that that's going to become a thing as Cam Sutton kind of takes over the slot role, but um, I also think that's going to be a way that they save a roster spot at the cornerback position um, because, you know, here's the thing. If you keep three safeties, say Davis, Edmonds, and your choice of Kelly or uh, or uh, uh, Dangerfield, you keep those three, and then say you just have Mike Hilton on the roster as, as, as the fourth, then you have a guy in Hilton who can jump down into the slot if Sutton gets hurt and you're, and you're concerned about that position. Um, and he won't be great, but he will be um, – he, he will know the system and he can compete with people. Um, so it may be another way that they're trying to conserve, conserve roster spots and protect people that they want to keep on the roster. Yeah, I, I think, and I'll say this, you know, I know, I know I'm the, the Keith Butler hater on this podcast, but I will say this, I will give credit to Butler for this change. Cause I think, I think it's something that, you know, him and Tomlin have to have seen when they go through their self scouting process in the off season. Cause I think it's been a problem for this secondary for a while now is, is how uh, easy their, their defense is to diagnose for opposing quarterbacks and and what Tomlin and Butler have really done here is try to put together a secondary where there's a lot of moving pieces that can play a lot of different roles and so you know Cam Kelly we've seen throughout this training camp we saw him play free safety when Sean Davis was down we saw him play some some slot corner we saw him play strong when Dangerfield was out there so he can play all those spots we you know Mike Hilton can play between that 
but between the nickel spot and of course we saw him move to safety as well. So I, I like this idea. And of course, you know, Terrell Edmonds being able to move between free and strong. I, I like this idea. I think it's something that can really help this defense uh, be, you know, be less easy to diagnose from the quarterback. And, and so I, I give, I give him and I give Butler and Tomlin credit for this. Uh, no. Hopefully this leads to a, no. you said who? Keith Butler and, and Mike Tomlin. Uh, uh, who, who, no, I'm sorry. That first name, say it again. Keith Butler. Oh my God. I'm oh, saying nice things about Keith Butler. Yeah, listen, every once in a while. Every once yeah. in a while, I say nice things about Keith Butler. <laughs> I think he did a good job. I think I think this, well, we'll see how it works out. Um, because, again, this is something we heard about last year with the three-safety look and all of that and how diverse they wanted to be last year. And, uh, yeah, that didn't work out. So, But I, I'm, I'm, I will say I'm more optimistic about this 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 look, but we always are in the preseason, aren't we? I mean, that's that's what preseason is for. All right, we're gonna go to break here. When we come back, we're gonna start our mailbag. We're answering your questions right here on Locked On Steelers. All right, Chris, let's take some listener questions. We may have to do this over two days. In fact, I know we're gonna have to do this over two days because we got so many questions. Thank you to everyone who wrote in. A lot of you wrote in via Twitter. A lot of them, even more on Facebook. A couple of you guys wrote into the email address. So thank you to everyone. Who wrote in? We're gonna try and get to every question we got over the past 24 hours. We'll start with Nestor on Twitter. Does Hodges have a chance to push Dobbs out of contention for the third string quarterback, assuming Rudolph gets the second string position? Nestor, that is a fantastic question. Chris, I'll let you take this one. Dobbs is on the team. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> Stop putting this Devin Hodges stuff out there. And here's the thing. Everyone's like, oh, they'll trade Josh Dobbs. Why would you trade for a quarterback that lost to an undrafted quarterback in the quarterback battle in his own camp? A guy that couldn't even make the, make the NFL draft that played in the FCS. Mm-hmm. And you want to let go. You No one's trading for Josh Dobbs. No. So, so what you're saying is, I know, but what you're saying is Devlin Hodges is just that good. And I got to agree with you. I think, I think listen, if, if Hodges does put out Dobbs, it's, Speaks a lot about Hodges, but I will say this, Nestor. Hodges has a long yeah, way to go. You know what, I mean, Tony? If I went into camp and I pushed out Josh Dobbs, that'd say something a lot about me. It's not going to happen. No, stop it. <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, listen, Hodges has a long way to go. Now, I do think that he's going to get reps uh, earlier in, in games coming up. Whether I mean, I don't think it's going to be the third preseason game, but I think in the fourth preseason game, uh, you know, anything can happen. He could start that game. I mean, it's possible, right? Any, anything is possible. And it depends on, it's, I think it really depends on how Dobbs looks in this next game. You know, Dobbs, like I said, if Dobbs throws another interception, that's three for him on the preseason. That's four in four games. Like he's going back to that Oakland game last year. It's a real problem for him. He's, he's got to cut that out because like I've said before, if he's not throwing interceptions, he's the second best quarterback on this team. But if he is throwing interceptions, ugh, especially with the way Rudolph and, and, uh, and Hodges have been playing so far. So that's the thing to watch for. But no, I mean, listen, Hodges has a very, 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 very long shot. As much as as much as much I hype him up on this podcast, he's still an extreme long shot to make the roster. All right, Jake on Facebook. The Steelers got picked on up the middle by Brady year after year, and he tears apart our zone defense. Do you feel more optimistic this year given the strength in our defense and the lack of Gronkowski? Who is one impact player that will make a difference on that front in week one? Chris, what do you think? Who is who is the difference maker? I mean, I, not, not that the, I guess. Yeah, you know, I, I know you. You know, you're big on the Steelers having a success week one in this matchup based on the success they had a year ago. Um, so I guess they're, for you, there's not really a difference maker, right? It's it's kind of the, the Patriots have really struggled offensively the last couple times they faced the Steelers. That's the thing. I mean, you know, they said Josh Gordon's back. You know, Julian Edelman is supposed to be coming back from his injury. You know, and Kill Harry is you know limited, but you know. <sighs> 
Edelman never really scared anybody unless Gronk was on the field and or or if the, the Patriots offense was humming or they were playing a mediocre defense. And they don't hum in the beginning of the season. It just doesn't happen. And the last two times they've played the Steelers, they've needed Rob Gronkowski to even be in the game. Um, so I don't think um, – I, I think the biggest thing is the Steelers have to work on is themselves. Defensively, they have – they you know, the, 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 the Patriots still have talent on their roster. Stephon Gilmore is a problem. I'd be concerned about their secondary. Um, and I'd be concerned about their linebackers. But it's all about does Ben Roethlisberger – just not make the big mistakes. I mean, if honestly, if Ben Roethlisberger doesn't throw the two interceptions he did in the last game, they probably route the Patriots. Um, oh, they, they win by more than a touchdown, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's 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 been my my issue is that when when the even when the Steelers defense wasn't playing it at a high level, they they could be they could have banged the Patriots better if Ben Roethlisberger would have would have been on his game and taken them out. Like in the AFC Championship game, I think it was seventeen fourteen. Um, they, but they were within a score, and I think Javon Hargrave forced a, 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 a turn, you know, forced a punt with a sack on Brady or something. They got the ball back, and they did nothing with it. And then the Patriots ran away with the, with the yeah. game. Yep. You need to put points on the board. You need to get after Tom Brady early. You can't give him time to just sit there and then eventually string together like two drives at the end of the game, and because he's going to do that, you know, he's going to. So the, it's up to the efficiency of the Steelers to get the job done on offense. And whether or not that they'll be able to be healthy and coordinated on defense, but all indications say that they will be right now. Yeah, I, I'm I'm actually less worried about Brady picking apart the Steeler defense, and I'm actually more worried about the the, the type of success that the, the Patriots had late in the year last year, which was via the running game and via you know Sony Michelle and um, you know James White and that kind of thing. I, I'm much more worried about that than I am, you know, Brady kind of picking apart. Look, the, the Steelers, you talk about the zone defense here. The Steelers, you know, have pretty have switched to a more man-heavy look, especially when they play the Patriots because that has Brent, that has been Brady's uh, Achilles heel over the years. And so, you know, credit I credit Keith Butler again for that. That's two times. That's two mm-hmm. times. Mark that down, everyone. Yeah. Two times. Two times I've, I've given Keith Butler props on one podcast. It might be a record. Um, no, but I'm much more I'm much more worried about you know the the the, uh, the run defense in this game and and you know it's something I've talked about in this offseason, right you know you got Mark Barron who I, I question whether or not he's he's still got he's still got it when it comes to run defense uh, in the middle we saw him kind of get caught up in the trash in that game against the Chiefs and I know it's just one play but you know it's it's been something we've seen throughout his career and then and the, the question for me with Devin Bush is can he go up against bigger offensive linemen um, and work his way to the ball and now we saw him do very well against Tampa in week one of the preseason, but it's going to be much different when they face the Patriots. So that's my worry on the defensive side. And then on the offensive side of the ball, you know, uh, Belichick is the, is the king of taking away your number one option. And, and the Steelers this year, like it or not, really only have one option on offense when it comes to the passing game. And that's Juju. Um, but that's the, that's the counterpoint right there, Tony. They don't have a number one option because they're going to be spreading the ball out more often. And well, that's what I hope so. has been trying to do. Yeah. And if they do that, Bill Belichick's scheme of taking away your top weapon won't be as relevant. They'll be able to spread the ball around. The defense will get frustrated. And if Ben can just stay consistent with that, they'll be fine. No, I, listen, I, I agree, but but that's but that that's the hope, right? And, you know, as much as James Washington puts together these preseason games, you know, he did this last preseason and then he disappeared. Um, so it, it, I got I got to see it on the field. I'm, I, that's my worry in this game is that the offense is going to struggle without being able to to feature Juju as that kind of number one option in week one. 
Um, and then defensively, you know, this, the, the Patriots can turn this into a kind of that kind of ground and pound style with the play action that they used a lot at the end of last year. That's my worry going into week one, but we're still a couple weeks away. All right, Jake on Facebook writes in, Jones, Spencer, Holton, or Rodgers? Where are you at, right? Are you, Chris, are you still believing that uh, Tevin Jones is the sixth wide receiver at this point? Mm, I think Holton's on, on, on the outside track. I think Deontay Spencer's creeping up. Um, Jones still is doing some things as a uh, as a special teams man, not as a returner, but as a sort of guy that's, that's contributing on return teams and helping in that way. I think the, the real battle between these guys is, one, Who's who's better? Who who makes more consistent catches? And then two, who finds better contributions on special teams? Um, if Tevin Jones can you know be a decent gunner and help and help on help on return teams, uh, then I think that he'll earn a spot. Deontay Spencer, I think he would have to make some even more impressive returns to push his way further up. I'm still ugh, I'm back and forth now. Honestly, I'm a 50-50 now with Jones and Spencer. The more I watch both of them, um, but. Um, I, I do think Spencer has worked himself more into the conversation with the way he played in this last game. Yeah, you know, it's I, I guess I'm leaning right now towards Eli Rogers and, and just kind of the chalk mentality at wide receiver. But actually, I'll go to this. You know, I don't know. I've kind of been thinking about this over the last couple of days. I don't know that Ryan Switzer is the roster lock that we've been saying he is. You know, Switzer has not gotten a punt return rap or a kick return rap in preseason, not that he needs it, he, you know, he did it all last year, the Steelers know what they have in him, but he wasn't great last year, right? the Steelers return game last year, I think it was one of the worst in the league, um, now, now that wasn't all on Ryan Switzer, but, you know, he was the return guy last year, so they're looking to upgrade, and if they're going to upgrade, it's going to, it's got to be Deontay Spencer to this point, um, you know, he's had the best return so far, now, like you said, Chris, one return is not going to do it, but I think he has shown that with his ball, in, with the ball in his hands in the open field, he can be a dangerous guy, so, you know, boy, if, if Ryan Switzer's not your returner and then he's just going to be the slot receiver and I look at him versus Eli Rogers, you know, I, I know Eli Rogers only played in a couple games last year, but I thought the couple games that he did come in, uh, he was effective. You know, he, I, he had four catches in that game against the, the Patriots. I believe he had, he had a couple big first downs in that game as well. Um, so I, I wouldn't rule out Eli Rogers. And I, I believe Eli Rogers has been running higher on the depth chart in preseason thus far as well. So, um you know, I know Switzer is a tough cut because Ben Roethlisberger likes him so much, and I still think Ryan Switzer is is uh, is a very good option there, and that's why I think I think you don't cut either. But uh, if they were, and if they were going to keep Spencer, it could be Switzer too. Could be Switzer. All right, Michael on Facebook. Actually, I have two questions here. We're going to combine them into one because they're basically the same question. Michael on Facebook writes in: What would be your one shocking? Hot take, surprised roster inclusion that nobody sees coming. Not a fringe guy. But a really big surprise nobody saw coming. And no, it can't be Duck Dynasty. How dare you, Michael? And then John on Facebook writes in, besides Duck Hodges, who's going to be the toughest cut at the end of preseason? It's almost like, it's almost like Chris, <laughs> that these, everyone knows, everyone already knows my choice here. <laughs> I can't imagine why it's, and how it's, they wouldn't have gotten the impression that you like Devlin Hodges. It's a, it's a mystery. It really is a mystery. Who's your Who's your your toughest cut or your 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 player that is a surprise? Like would be a real shock to make this roster. Uh toughest cut. If I was to cut anybody, I'm going through. I'm going through my names, and I guess this would be someone that I expect to cut. Mm. 
Here, here are the names that I, I thought of uh, like right off the bat when he okay. said Tuzar Skipper. I think is going to be a real tough cut. That's a, that's a tough cut. I, I was thinking Ulysses Gilbert. Gilbert if, would if, be a shocker if, if he got think, cut. I think there's no way they can cut him. No, but I don't think so did, either. It would blow my mind. Yeah, I think I think Brian Allen's kind of a tough cut to this point. I mean, he's not yeah. been spectacular, but that size and speed, you know, you don't you don't find that every day. And he has turned a corner this year, so. Um, uh, you know the, the Steelers are hurt. You know have been hurting for young, developing corners for such a long time now. I think it'd be he'd be a tough cut. Obviously, whatever wide receiver they cut, if it's not, you know, if it's not just Spencer Jones and Holton that all get cut, and they keep Rodgers and Switcher, then I think that's going to be a tough cut as well. And then if they, you know, we've heard Chris these continued rumors that they only keep three safeties on the roster. So if you're gonna if you're gonna cut Dangerfield and Allen, I mean those are tough cuts as well. I think. Yeah, I think that those are two, and especially considering that we've been talking about them having secondary depth and them chopping away at that secondary depth. You know, it and those aren't two guys that just jump off the charts at you and say, "Whoa, now they're in trouble." But they are part of the conversation. Is why, as you know, people have been confident that hey, you know, if if things if worse comes to worse and those guys are on the field, it's better than what you know you think that they, it could be. Um, so, um, all in all, I think that th- th- those are reasonable picks. Um, if I was to pick a surprise guy to make the roster, I think Robert Spillane. Yep. Um, you know, and it, and that's simple because I think he's done a decent job, but they, I think Gilbert shows you better skills. He made some good special teams plays, um, and he he's covering people all over the field, and they just can't afford to keep too many inside linebackers. And with Gilbert, that would be I think five inside yes. linebackers. So. Yes. That's why I would just find Spillane a hard person to keep. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, Spillane would be a real surprise over Gilbert if they went that way. Um, who else would be a surprise? Uh, I mean, none of the tight ends are going to surprise me because you just, you know, throw them all up in the air and, you know, I don't know who comes down first. Um, oh, you know what? Your, your your colleague Dale Lolly over at DK Pittsburgh Sports had, had a shocker in his latest 53-man prediction. He had Trey Edmonds making the roster at running back, and not and, and Trey Edmonds not over Benny Snell or, or over Jalen Samuels. He had the Steelers keeping five running backs when you include Roosevelt Knicks and James Conner. That would be a real shock to me, Chris. That, that would be a shocker. Yeah, five backs. Um, it, it would also be a sign to me that they're they're not that confident with Benny Snell right now, and but they can't put him on IR yet. Yeah, that's okay. I, I could see that as well. Yeah. That makes sense. Because I, 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 I did wonder when I saw that, is this is this in, in response to the fact that Snell hasn't impressed as a runner? And so, you know, maybe you keep Snell around for his special teams and whatnot. But, boy, I, I just, you know, keeping four running backs on this team would be a, a real surprise. All right. Ken on Facebook. Your expectations for the defensive unit, Bush to be the linebacker enforcer, and continued growth from Edmonds. Chris, I think we know the answer to this question for you, but what, what are your expectations for this defense? Oh, I mean, Tony. They're <laughs> just going to be with the genius Keith Butler. <laughs> the genius. I don't understand how how me saying that Keith Butler is a bad defensive coordinator became a hot take on this podcast. Well, I mean, what, what has Keith Butler done over his career that makes you think that this guy's a good defensive coordinator? I mean, what is his what are his, his signature wins? Um, The Patriots game last year. Okay, so I mean, he beat Brady in the regular season. <laughs> oh, 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 he just, just going to toss aside beating Tom Brady now. Is that what we're doing here, Tony? Yeah, I mean, what we're doing here. The, the guy that people say is the greatest quarterback of all time, he shut him down, and you're just going to throw that away. And he shut him down without Ryan Chazier. 
without superstar. Come on now, come on now, Tony. Just just admit, just admit, just admit. You got a little bit of haterade in your blood. No, I, listen. I'll go back. Listen. This is this is the same guy that gave up that his his defense gave up. You know, forty five to Blake Bortles in a playoff game in Heinz Field. Okay, it wasn't forty five. It was what was it? Thirty one. Because no, actually, no, it was thirty eight. Because uh, seven of that came on a on a fumble return for a touchdown. Like, no, you know that that stuff happened. Came back on offense. Because they had a pick six and a fumble return. No, they didn't have a pick six. In your face! They didn't have a pick six. Stop there was no pick six in that game. Stop there was, they, Tony! There were two defensive touchdowns scored by the Jaguars that game. No, no. One of them was... Uh, hold on. I, I got to look this up. I'm, I'm, I was at that game, so I'm relatively sure. But I'm going to look it up just in case. Were you drinking at that game, though? I mean, of course. <laughs> in that game? Was I drinking in that game? <laughs> There wasn't enough alcohol in the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the interception happened, but it happened like, you know, inside the red zone. And then it was a one play touchdown. That was such a crap game. That was such a crap game. Oh my God. Yeah, that guy, that guy who couldn't, you know, Blake Bortles, by the way, and for those of you who don't remember the, the game that Blake Bortles played one game prior when he struggled to put up 10 points at home against the Bills and he just came out and just lit him up. That's the same defensive coordinator that we're saying is ready to, to lead a top 10 defense? Yeah, you mean when he lost his superstar player in the middle of it and then they were scrambling to find answers with a secondary that they still weren't sure about because they had Mike Mitchell and Artie Burns in there. Oh, yeah, that 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 defensive coordinator, yes. I, I, yeah, I, but that I, defense was falling apart before, before Shazier got hurt. No, it wasn't falling apart before Shazier got hurt. It fell apart after Shazier got hurt. And they couldn't figure it, fig, figure out how to how to maintain it after he was gone, e- even though they 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 remained competitive. No, the, the the game. So the last game that Ryan Shazier ever played, uh-huh. the, the last full game he ever played, was against the Green Bay Packers, and the Packers put up twenty eight in that game. Uh, their quarterback threw three touchdowns, but it wasn't Aaron oh, Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. It but, was Brent Huntley, and that 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 you know what's funny about that year because you and I were talking about this right before we started today. Uh-huh. I used to so I used to do Steeler Country, right, my old podcast. And on that podcast, I used to be a, a a Keith Butler fanboy. I mean, my God. Did you know that that, 20, that was the 2017 year, right? Yeah. That year, do you know that – I used to say this on the podcast every week. Did you know that the Steelers' defense didn't give up 20 points in regulation that year until – what was it? It was week 12. It was that, it was that game. It was the Green Bay game. They that had defense, one bad game, and you're going to say they were, they were falling apart at the seams? Yeah, because, you know, and, and, I, and this is where – you're going to hear this a lot from me during the year. This is where I came up with my whole don't be results-oriented thing. Because there was that game. Do you remember the Detroit game that year? I was there. The the okay the, the Steelers Lions game. Okay, that was a weird game. And I remember people saying that that was a good defensive performance from the Steelers. And like I think the lead headline for that game was like Steelers rely on defense to get a big win. Matt Ryan threw for four hundred and fifty yards if I remember right, but you they only Matt got Stafford? five field goals. What's that? You mean Matt Stafford? Matt Stafford. Sorry, I have Matt Ryan on the brain. Uh, Matt Stafford threw for like four fifty in that game. But they couldn't get the ball in the end zone. I remember saying after that podcast, or after that game on the podcast, don't think that that was a good defensive performance. Uh Because if you give up 400 yards, you're going to lose more games than you're going to win. Right? And then it was two weeks later, I think, that they gave up two long passes to Jacoby Brissett in a very strange game where they were like down 14 to 3 at one point in that game. They gave up a lot of big plays that year. Yes. And that was... And all of the things that we saw later were, there were, you know, it was like you saw the beginnings of that early in the year, and then it just kind of all fell apart. But that was with Shazier, not without him. I mean, obviously, when he, when he, you know, when he got hurt, everything, everything fell apart. That's but. what I'm saying. But, like, here's the thing. 
they gave up big plays back then because that was part of the problems they were going through. They were still trying to figure out the Mike Mitchell situation. Artie Burns, I think, was in his second year. They were still figuring out a yeah. lot of things. Uh, Joe Hayden was new to the team. You know, there were, there was there was a lot of things going on that year that they were putting together, and you saw that them limit the big plays the very next year, even though they didn't even have Ryan Chazier. Right. I, I think I think that 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 game, the the Packers game, was a bit of an anomaly for how things worked out. Yeah, they gave up a few big plays here and there, like they gave up big play to the Titans, but they ended up blowing out the Titans. They only allowed seventeen points in that game. Right. Um, you know, and I, you know, I look back. You know, Dick LeBeau, one of the greatest defensive coordinators of all time. In in 2008, he had the number one defense. Troy Polamalu got hurt, and that defense became mediocre. But as soon as he came back in 2010, they were the number one defense again. When you have a player that 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 can do that in the middle of the field, it changes everything, and you change your scheme around it. And when you change your scheme around it, and then that person gets hurt, that's gonna that's gonna hurt your overall scheme. And it's tough to pull yourself out of that in the middle of the season. Uh, and especially late in the season, and try to develop whole new schematics to to work around that that absence. That's why, again, I don't put that all on Keith Butler and say, "Man, you stink because you didn't figure that out." I think he's he's a good defensive coordinator, and I think you need to stop drinking the haterade. <laughs> no, I just I think that that defense was fake good that year. I mean, I think I think even if I think even if Shazier was healthy that year, I I, I don't know that they beat the Jaguars in that game because because well, I think that everything that all, happened afterwards. First of all, if Shazier is healthy. They beat the Patriots because he's going to help against Rob Gronkowski. Teamed up with Sean Davis, they would have worked together to just to stop him a little bit. More. Would they? Why didn't he? Why, why didn't they put anyone? I mean, like only Ryan Chazier going to help Sean Davis because he had the option in that game of putting someone else on Rob Gronkowski. And he didn't. This is another thing that Rob he Gronkowski doesn't do well. Field. Who else was going to do it? Mike Mitchell wasn't going to do it. Sean Davis was their best hope. He was the best build for it at safety. They had no big cornerbacks that were just going to jump in and, and run. They, you know, Cortez Allen did it one time, and that was a miracle that he was able to do it the one year that he did it. But he wasn't able to do it again, and they didn't have the cornerbacks at the time to really run with with Rob Gronkowski um, step for step. So they, they 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 tried it with Sean Davis, and he did a good job for three quarters, and then eventually in the fourth quarter, Gronkowski went Gronkowski. Yeah, but why not? But why not give him safety help or something? Like, why, I, I just didn't understand the game plan of that game, just help. continuing to leave him in one-on-one. He was the safety help. He, he's literally the safety. No, no, but I mean, they were bringing him down in the box. You know what I mean? They're bringing him down in the box. He's playing man against Gronk. He's, you know, he's not the safety on that play. There's uh, a safety over the top. It was Mike Mitchell. Why are you not rotating Mike Mitchell to Gronk? Because you can't afford to double team too much with Tom Brady because he will then pick you apart. No, see, and this is another thing. I mean, we're going to turn this into a Keith Butler hate fest, but this is another thing I really do not like, do not like about Keith Butler and the way that he coaches defense is he does not do a good job, do a good enough job, or really any job, because you saw this last year a lot, of taking away number one options. You were talking about Belichick, and that's like he's the king of that. Well, you know, on the opposite end, if we were ranking one through 32, I might put Keith Butler at 32 at taking away number one options, because you saw this all last year too, right? I go back to that Raiders game. The only good player they had, the only good offensive player that the Raiders had was Jared Cook. And what did he do in that game? He lit up the Steeler defense. So, no, disagree. I'm listen. I know I said a lot of good things about Keith Butler on this podcast. I take them all back. I take them all back. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's gonna do it for part one of our mailbag. Thank you to everyone who wrote in. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with part two. Before then, Chris, let people know where they can find your work. As always, find me on Twitter at Carter Critiques, where I will not hate on Keith Butler for no reason. Um, <laughs> I have reasons. I lay them all out. <laughs> you got me heated now. I gotta calm down. <laughs> But if you follow me, I will follow you back. 
um, hit me with DMs. We love talking to our to our listeners. Uh, please rate and subscribe to the podcast on whatever app that you're listening to. You can also find my writing and my work at DKPittsburghSports.com, where I'm the lead NFL analyst, breaking down the X's and O's in Carter's classroom Monday through Friday. You should subscribe right now for a 99 cents trial. You get the Steelers, the Penguins, and the Pirates, all the Pittsburgh sports news you want. We're inside the locker room. We're inside the film room. We're inside your room giving you all the football and the hockey and the baseball you could want over Pittsburgh. You can follow me on Twitter at Steeler Country. If you want to, if you want to write into the podcast, you can write in at LockedOnSteelers at gmail.com and head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen to our podcast. Leave a five-star review. It helps us spread the word. Chris and I will be back tomorrow for more Locked On Steelers.